Today's episode contains some material and language that may not be suitable for everyone. Discretion is advised. We promise that any colorful language used is pertinent to the story. We do hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Plum Forest Podcast, where we give you modernized versions of classical Chinese fables and short stories. Before we get started, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button, or even leave a comment because it lets me know that you're listening, and I like that. Recently, I noticed a few people saying that the audio quality is kind of weird and changes a lot from person to person. That's actually because we are all recording each of our own lines in our own homes, all because of this quarantine thing. So that might be why it's a little different. Hopefully, we'll be able to smooth that out in the near future, but we are working on it to give you the best quality podcast we can. I hope every single one of you is still able to stay safe in these weird times, but luckily, I got a great story for you today. This story actually has a special place in my heart because when I was doing my studies in Germany, I had to break down the original Chinese version of the story, and that story was completely bonkers. It's like when you think about something that is already nuts and it's just going down that weird rabbit hole and after a while, you just sit there rubbing your head. So, I decided to translate it and make it just as weird, but without any of the headaches. This story has all sorts of magic and homeopathic remedies that are sure to make your mind wander. And like I've said before, we gotta keep open minds when we listen to these strange, strange, strange stories. The original of this story is another one of Pu Songling's famous stories called Talking Pupils. The Chinese version is named which literally translates to the same thing. They got that translation right on the money at least, but this story is actually pretty well known throughout Chinese-speaking countries. When I talked to a couple of my buddies about doing this story, they all thought that this was a good story to tell because it's really strange, but it's very intriguing at the same time. And to top it all off, it's even got a good moral at the end of the story. And also, it's like one of the first few stories in the Strange Tales from a Chinese Studio book, which is one of the most famous short story collections in China. So most people who read that at least get to this story because it's in the first few. Without further ado, let's start today's story, The Men in the Eyes. In the bustling city of Houston, there was a man by the name of Frank, and he sure was an interesting feller. He was one of the many city commissioners for Houston, so he had lots of friends in high places, but that wasn't what made him so special. He was a grade A creep. A good example of how creepy Frank was is how he'd catcall women on a regular basis, and he'd say lots of inappropriate things. A couple of his more notable moments of creepiness are... You must be yogurt, because I want to spoon you. And... Do you have a shovel? Because I'm digging that ass. Like I said, a real big creep. And he was a politician, so it made it even worse. And when someone usually talks like this, it gets him in a lot of trouble. And oh boy, did he get into a lot of trouble because of his mouth. One particular incident that landed him in hot water was just after the Houston Astros won the World Series and the city was having a parade. But there should be an asterisk behind that World Series. 
It was a hot fall day when Frank was stumbling home when he found himself in an area he had never been in before, but was still curious of his surroundings. After strolling along what he thought was the right way home, he happened to spot a woman on her phone pulled over trying to get her bearings, when Frank decided it was time to spit some game. As he started to cruise over to her, he was going through his list of what game he was going to say, when he soon realized that this car was a red Ferrari, and he thought to himself, Damn, who is this random girl in a Ferrari? Why is she all the way out here? As he walked closer, he noticed some distinct features of this Ferrari, such as the customized license plate saying Queen Bee, and two fuzzy dice hanging from the rear view mirror. But the closer he got, that wasn't what piqued his interest even more. It was the stunningness of this woman's beauty. This woman was dressed in an outfit he didn't expect for anyone to wear during a World Series celebration of all places. She wore a slim green pastel-colored tube top with a tiny plaid skirt. This outfit was accompanied by a shimmering gold watch and a gold necklace with the pendant saying Queen Bee to match her customized license plate. Frank mustered the courage and walked up to the window as she's on her phone and tapped the window ready to try his pickup line that he'd been working on. As he tapped the glass, she looked up at him and then refocused her attention back to her phone. Perplexed by not getting the time of day, he tapped the window again a little bit harder. She turned the key of her car and rolled down the window just a crack. Can I help you, sir? Hey, baby. Call me Chris Brown, cause I'd hit that. Are you serious? That was horrible. Try again. Puzzled by her answer, he tried a second time. Do you work for Papa John's? Cause you're a fine pizza ass. She cracked a smile and looked at him, but she rolled her window up and went back to using her phone. Frank began getting angry because she wouldn't give him the time of day. And Frank was never a quitter, so he tapped on the window a third time with a little bit more oomph. She looked back up at him and rolled the window down just to crack again. Do you know who I am? Well, of course. You're this beautiful babe in front of me. That's who you are. No, in all seriousness, do you know who the fuck I am? Well, I guess not. Who are you? Okay. Let me spell it out for you. I'm the fucking Queen Bee of Houston, and my father was the largest oil tycoon of the 80s. Now, I'm the heiress to that fortune. Do you know what that means? It means that I'm very, very, very fucking important to the city, and you are so beneath me, honey. So, um, fuck off. Beneath you? Yeah, right. I'm a commissioner. Oh, A drunk commissioner, that's who you are. You may be right, but I am still a commissioner. I know people in high places and people who can make big changes, even in the oil industry. Huh, are you threatening me if I don't sleep with you? Wow, that's a new low, even for me. Well, are you willing to try? Maybe we can make a deal afterwards. Aww, Mr. Commissioner, hold on a second. She then reached over to her purse in front of the passenger seat on the ground and pulled out a small bottle of perfume and sprayed Frank right in the face. 
Frank stumbled back, and as soon as he fell back to the ground, the woman started her car and left the area as soon as she could. Standing in the dust of this car, Frank sat down on a nearby curb and continued to rub his eyes, which were in a great deal of pain from whatever was in that spray bottle. He tried to open his eyes, but his vision was blurry and it seemed to just get blurrier and blurrier every second. Frank had no idea what was going on, but all that he could think about was the pain in his eyes. And his vision was slowly getting worse and worse. He didn't know what to do. He really needed to get home, and as his vision was deteriorating every second, he called a lift to get him to his home. Luckily, his vision could still do this for him. After a short while, his lift arrived and he hopped into it. Hey man, how's it? Oh shit man, are you alright? Your face looks like crap. You don't have to tell me that. I can barely see. Just get me home. Alright buddy, you got it. The ride delivered him to his home and he walked up to his door. He glanced back even though it was just a blur of a car and gave the driver a quick wave. A couple of days went by and his eyes didn't improve one bit. He was now on the brink of being blind where he couldn't even see his hands in front of him but only rough outlines of him. Frank decided to call a good friend of his who just happened to be a doctor to come over and check out his eyes. Which he really should have done before, but, you know, hangovers? His doctor friend, who was not an optometrist, came over to see what he could do to help out his good buddy. Alright man, let me see your eyes. Frank took off his bandages and the doctor shrieked. Oh shit man, this is not good. The doctor then inspected the eyes closely and noticed some sort of film, as if he had somehow acquired cataracts in just a few days. But these were thicker than any other cataracts he'd ever seen before. Well, here's what I see. I see this weird cataract-type film all over your pupil that's causing your blindness. What do you mean, cataract type of film? Can you give me some drugs to help fix it or anything? Honestly, I've never seen anything like this in all my years of being a doctor. But let me give you a prescription of something that just might clear it up. Oh, buddy. Give me those good, good drugs. These aren't the ones that are going to mess you up. They'll hopefully clear up your eyes, though, so you can see. What? No Vicodin or Percocets? The doctor smirked and shook his head. Well, hot damn. The doctor then gave him a prescription of something to help Frank's eyes, and he proceeded to get it filled at the pharmacy later that day. The next few days went by and Frank decided to use his government-issued PTO to try and relax and get his vision back on track. But after a few days, it only got worse. After three days of resting and lots of hoping his vision would get better, he noticed something strange happen when he began brushing his teeth. A constant stream of tears began pouring out of each eye. Ah! What the fuck is going on? 
The stream continued for just a few seconds, and then it abruptly ended. Frank proceeded to call the same doctor friend, and when he came over, Frank explained the stream of tears and all the doctor could say was that he had no idea what the hell was going on. There was nothing he could do. He worried more and more, but using his great intuition, he decided to rest at home a few more days until he would finally see an optometrist with his strange, strange, strange situation. The days came and went, and his vision wasn't getting any better at all. But on this day, it was a little bit different than the rest of them. On this day, he noticed with his blurry vision that a spiral type of growth was coming out of his eye, like something out of a horror film, straight up nightmare fuel. At this point, he decided that after all this crap going on, he needed to see an optometrist. His buddy's remedy didn't help at all. When the optometrist finally arrived, the optometrist was just as amazed as everyone else who had seen this weird phenomenon going on in his eyes. The doctor even took photos and samples to share with his colleagues to try and figure this out, but nothing was ringing any bells among the community of optometrists. Frank was now at home with a new cocktail of medicines to try and help his eyes, but like the others he tried before, nothing worked. Nearly a week has gone by and his vision was diminishing when on the eighth day of the issue, his vision was now completely gone. His eyes were now completely covered with that film and this protruding spiral type of booger gunk, whatever you want to call it. The commissioner was now bedridden as he was now blind, and he had to come to terms that he will never see again. As he laid on his couch thinking of what he was going to do, he heard a faint voice. Those daisies are really starting to wilt. Frank stood up as he heard the faint voice coming from somewhere in the house, and after a few seconds, it got louder and louder. Oh yeah! Why doesn't he water those outside? It doesn't rain that much in Houston in the fall. He should water them more often. They really look like shit now. Yeah, really. He needs to stop moping around and start doing stuff. Hello? Is anyone there? Oh shit! He can hear us! Frank stumbled around to try and figure out where these voices were coming from. But no more noises or voices were heard at all. He laid his head down and continued to daydream about what could have been. Two more days went by of sulking in his own self-pity, when on the third day, he finally got a phone call from the optometrist he saw before. Well, good news and bad news. What do you want first? Just tell me what the fuck is wrong with my eyes! Alright then, bad news first. No one has a clue what's going on with your eyes. Well... Great. Good news, though. We might have found a homeopathic remedy for it. Homeopathic? Isn't that just fake medicine that hippies use? Well, not always, but sometimes yes. It's really the only option we have to fix your eyes at this point. All right, then. Let's give it a shot. Well, there's this weird little monastery in the desert right outside of Austin. Probably has yurts or something like that. And it's got this shrine, and it's supposed to have some healing properties, and, I don't know, want to give it a shot? Well, what other options do I have? And, no, sorry, like, this is pretty much the end of the road, man. Get my driver, let's head out there. I'm willing to do anything at this point, all because I tried to hit on that girl, and she sprayed me with perfume. What, what, whoa, 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 you're telling me that's what happened? 
Yeah, after the World Series parade, I saw this girl, tried to hit on her, and she sprayed me with her perfume. Now I'm blind. What kind of perfume was that? No clue. All I know is that it hurt like hell, made me blind, and didn't even smell that good. You really should have told me that earlier, because it doesn't make any sense why that would give you cataracts and that weird spiral of eye boogers. Anyway, let's go check out this homeopathic monastery and see if it'll help. The optometrist and Frank hopped in his car and drove the three plus hours to this monastery out near Austin. As they pulled up to the monastery, it was nothing like anything either of them had ever seen before. Well, Frank couldn't see anything, so nothing like anything the optometrist had really seen before. The entryway of the monastery was surrounded by columns and tapestries that hung over the windows. The sounds of people chanting filled the ears of Frank and the optometrist. I take it we arrived? The doctor passively reaffirmed Frank's guess. As they walked into the monastery, the monk silently took the hand of Frank and guided him into one of the back rooms and sat Frank down on a mat. Just as Frank sat down on the mat, the monk began a chant and Frank couldn't do anything but sit there silently and listen to the chanting. Thirty minutes went by of chanting and the monk pulled Frank up and led him back to meet with his friend. The monk then whispered into his ear, You're a broken man. You've done terrible things in your life. This is not only for what she did to you, but also for what you've done to others. This won't work today or tomorrow, but be patient and show the respect that you desire. Wait, how did you know she did this? The monk slowly walked away. Wait, wait, wait! Where are you going? How did you know it was a woman who did this? How did you know? The doctor then grabbed Frank's arm and led him back to the car where they proceeded to drive home. On the drive back, Frank soon fell asleep and woke up to the doctor nudging him. Oh, Jesus, we're home. All right, just go upstairs and lie down. As Frank exited the car, he thanked the doctor and the driver and then continued on his way upstairs to his bed where he quickly fell asleep. It's been a long day. The next morning, Frank woke up and although his vision was still god-awful, he had a sort of peace of mind, almost as if someone had taken a huge weight off his shoulders. A month had gone by and his vision wasn't getting any better, but his attitude towards the world was drastic from what it was a month before. Frank had resigned from his commissioner role and was just taking some time to find himself now that he was blind. One morning after crawling out of bed and heading down the stairs to the living room, he walked over to his couch and sat down and turned on the radio to put some music on while he relaxed before starting his day. Just as he took his first sip of coffee, he heard a very faint voice talking, and then immediately after, another voice both were very quiet, so he decided to turn off the radio to hear what was going on. Ah, uh, those daisies are still going to shit. Yeah, yeah, wh why hasn't he watered them yet? I thought he might have overheard us talking a while back, but of course not. This dumbass can't see what's going on. 
He should tell his nurse to water them. Otherwise, they're going to die really soon. Yeah, where is she? She should have been here by now. And now the daisies are paying for it. Where are you guys? Get out of my house or I'll call the police. <laughs> we're not in your house, you dingus. We're in your eyes. Wait, what? How are you in my eyes? How have you not figured this out yet? We've been in here for a couple of months. Well, not that long, but at least a month, and we chat all the time. How, how have you not heard us chatting about all the dumb stuff you do? You really live a boring life, man. Why don't you go outside, enjoy the gardens, or get some fresh air? I'm, I'm so bored in here, just staring at your horrible decor all day. Yeah, really. That painting over there is clearly a fake Rembrandt. You got had, Frank. Wait, you guys can see what I do and all around me? Get out of my eyes! Well, you should have been a better person. <laughs> that monk you saw a while back talked to us in his chance and told us we gotta stay here until you are a better person. Yeah, and that's taking forever. You really should volunteer more, Frank. How did you guys get in here? Are you guys the reason I'm blind? Were you in that perfume bottle? Well, duh, you goofball. <laughs> when you hit on that girl with those disgusting and cheesy pickup lines, she sprayed us in your eyes, and that's where we came from. How can I get you guys out of my eyes? I want my vision back. Here's how to do it. Step one, you're a moron. Step two, be nice. You've been nothing but a dick for the two months we've been in here. Exactly. You gotta be chill, man. You're mean to everyone, including that really nice nurse with two kids and two jobs. Be nice to her. How do you know she has two kids and two jobs? Because, unlike you, we listen to what people say and not just talk shit about people. Yeah, apparently you don't listen. Maybe we should have been in your ears. Okay, enough small talk. Back to the question of getting you out of my eyes. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, well, step one, be nice. Step two, be patient. Uh, didn't you listen to the monk? In his chance, he told us to hang out here until you strained up your act. He said that we can leave when you're being a better person to those around you. It's not going to be easy, but we can and will leave when you're nicer. As he opened his mouth, the nurse came in. Hey, Frank. How's it going? How'd you sleep last night? Oh, I'm doing all right. I also found out that you haven't been watering my daisies outside. What are you talking about? Of course I watered those daisies. Are you sure about that? The man in the eye then whispered to him. Hey, Frank, remember, be nice. As he heard this, he just smiled and laughed it off with her. The two little men in the eyes stayed there for a while and gave Frank advice on how to deal with certain situations. And after a while, Frank was becoming a lot nicer of a person. Frank started volunteering at the local botanical garden, and the two little men loved this because they got to see all the flowers they'd never seen before. This attitude change in him led to him becoming a more grateful and cheerful person throughout his life. He was a lot nicer to be around. And those days of picking up women with brash and ungodly pickup lines was just a memory of a different time for him now. This continued to go on for even longer and improved the life of Frank and he was now an overall better person, I'd say. 
One morning, he sat down to listen to his favorite radio channel when one of the little men in his eyes got his attention. Alright, Frank. Well, you're doing so much better now. We're going to do something that's going to help you, but it's going to hurt a little bit. What are you guys going to do? Well, we could tell you, but that might not help. Because, like a band-aid, we're just going to rip it right off. Wait... Rip what band-aid off? As he finished his sentence, a sharp shot of pain went through both Frank's eyes immediately, followed by a glimpse of light shining through the first time in almost a year. Ah, motherfucker! Holy, oh my, I can see! Well, duh, we told you. Now you gotta give us a hand and put your fingers up so we can climb down. Wait. You guys climbed out of my eye? Yeah. Didn't, didn't you feel us cutting the barrier? Frank put his finger on the edges of his lower eyelashes and the two little men climbed out and stood on his finger. Wow, you guys are actually tiny. No shit, dude. We were in your eyes. How big did you think we were? Frank then proceeded to lower these two men onto his coffee table, and the slit of vision slowly grew larger and larger, until his vision was back to its original state a few months back. My vision is back! Oh my lord, I can see again. Don't get cocky out there, buddy. Us eye people are all around town. Do you even know why we gave your eyesight back? Because I was being a nice person to those around me. Ding, ding, ding. Now don't fuck it up and start being a dick again. The two little men scurried off out of the crack in the front door and were never seen or heard from again. Frank was so grateful to have his vision back that he continued to help out around the city. And after his hiatus from politics, he returned to politics but this time with a different attitude and outlook on life. Who would have thought these little men would have changed him to becoming a better person? With a title like that, you could have expected it to be as weird as it was. And this was one of the funnest stories I've written purely because I got to Google search cheesy pickup lines and that was a scary yet hilarious rabbit hole to go down. I'm glad Frank started to stop being such a sleazeball though. Like who does that? Meh, teach their own, but not mine. Could you imagine if that happened to you though? I would have lost my marbles. Just thinking about hearing people in my mind talk about my flowers not being watered and then all of a sudden they went out? If I would have told any one of my friends that this was happening to me, they would have gotten me a first class ticket to the loony bin. Either way, it was a wild roller coaster of emotions that put the listener in a strange, strange mindset. But I do hope you enjoyed it and if you have any questions, head on over to the discussion page on the Plum Forest Podcast subreddit to discuss all the weird questions about this episode you may have. Like every other episode, I always like to thank my friends for helping out with the voices. Don Q was a huge help doing a great sleazeball voice for Frank. KLNG did an amazing job of the sassy perfume sprayer. Nikolai Rosoff and Craig Igler both killed the voices of the men in the eyes. The VP for TP himself, Manish Aurora, did the first doctor. And Brandon Winner, who also writes for I Am A Brain In A Jar podcast, did the optometrist's voice. 
Annie Fowler helped out with the nurse's voice, and Salacious P. Crumb did the Uber driver's voice. The monk voice was played by my cousin Jordan Oster, whose band, Bomb in a Briefcase, just released their first album, and it's actually pretty damn good. So go check that out after you've finished listening to all the Plum Forest podcast episodes first. Be sure to follow us on social media at Plum Forest Pod, and don't forget to check out the website for cool information at plumforestpodcast.com. And of course, be sure to tune in next Monday for a brand new story that is a version of one of the most famous Chinese short stories of all time. Until then, take care and be safe. You just listened to a Where's Kellen production. Wow!